Welcome to SBC This Week. I'm Brandon Porter. Laura Erlinson is here with me. Laura, it is a special holiday weekend edition of That's SBC right. This Week. Maybe my favorite holiday of all, Thanksgiving, because it's just about the food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just a time to grab the stretchy pants. That's right. Just go for it. Just to relax yeah. a little bit. No shame. Yeah. Well, we're glad that, that you're listening here. It is uh, Black Friday, and um, Laura, do you have specific Black Friday traditions? Well, not really. It kind of varies every year. This Black Friday, uh, I will most likely be shooting skeet. Oh, wow. Is that <laughs> That's a- sort of a family tradition. That's yeah. fun. Uh, we go to my, my, well, this year, we don't do this every year, but this year we're going to my cousin's house in South Georgia, and it's just the most beautiful setting out in the country. There's a pond with fish in it, and we just throw clay pigeons out over the pond and try to hit them, and it's very fun. So when you say throw, like well, you... we have a we have a machine, a okay. little machine that I'm does it, but we sure. have a thrower too. So sometimes it's manually as well. Yeah. That that seems like that would take some talent. Um, my brother is real good at it. Yeah, <laughs> he's real yeah. good. <laughs> Did he go to he's school for a... it or something? <laughs> yeah, it's a six week <laughs> online course. Yeah, no, he's just got a knack. I don't know. It's pretty okay. good, but it's pre- it's pretty fun. I'm a pretty good shot. You know, so I you're mean, saying it's... he's just naturally gifted. Yeah, right. <laughs> In many ways, many, yeah. many ways. And, and that's just and what, one what, of them. You're, about, you're a pretty good shot? I am. Yeah. My husband is a really good shot. He puts us all to shame. But okay. but yeah, my, cousin, my cousin's husband is kind of a, a bit of a gun collector. So he pulls out all of these crazy things and we try to shoot, you know, try different ones. And they're really loud and mm-hmm. some of them have quite a kick. But yeah. it's a lot of fun. Awesome. <laughs> Awesome. Well, we hope that you're having a great holiday weekend. In this episode of SBC This Week, we have um, something uh, special for our listeners. Uh, We're going to give you a few stories, but then, Laura, you've got a special guest coming in just a little bit. Yes, I got to interview our favorite podcast host, Mm -hmm. Amy Whitfield. Mm -hmm. So I'm very excited about this. She and I talked... Uh, just a couple of days ago, uh, for about her new book, it's yeah. a children's book, Very which cool. was kind of a new endeavor for her, and it's about Lottie Moon, and so it's the perfect time to be talking about Lottie Moon. But she wrote a, a kind of a historical book about Lottie Moon, and it's fantastic. So she and I got to talk about that. Nice. Well, we'll get to that, and then some stories for you in just a moment. First, though, we want to thank our presenting sponsor, and that is Subsplash. If you're a pastor who wants to engage with your congregation and build connections beyond weekend services, Subsplash can help. Subsplash allows your community to access messages, resources, and even give from one place, helping congregations connect in ways you never could have before. Learn more at subsplash.com forward slash SBC. When you use that link, you'll get a special discount, but you have to use the link. Again, it's subsplash.com forward slash SBC. All right, so welcome back. Here are some headlines from this week at Baptist Press that we wanted to make sure to share with you. Uh, First up is a point of prayer. Uh, The Baptist and Reflector out of Tennessee let us know that former Southern Baptist Convention president and Tennessee Baptist pastor Steve Gaines announced to the congregation at Bellevue Baptist in Memphis this past Sunday that he's been diagnosed with kidney cancer. Gaines has served as the pastor there of that Memphis area church since 2005. He says that he has a great team of doctors in Memphis who are giving him treatment. He added that he has plans to go to MD Anderson in Houston to consult with their physicians. He asked Southern Baptists to keep him and his family in their prayers. We know that you will, and you know that Baptist Press will keep following this story. 
Also in the Midwest, Emerson Falls, a longtime leader in the Native American community, has announced he'll retire from full-time ministry at the end of the year. Falls' 47 years in ministry includes serving in four churches, three educational endeavors, and three national Native American initiatives. He's also served alongside the Oklahoma Baptist State Convention. Falls has helped dozens of churches as they've worked to make disciples among Native Americans. Not only is there a great article on Emerson Falls at Baptist Press, but there's also a helpful piece on tips to reach Native Americans with the gospel. He really opens up and shares in that. Next, we move to the IMB. We talk about their global health strategies. You see, the IMB is continuing to seek ways to utilize healthcare strategies to facilitate gospel access, leading to gospel belief and church planting. Baptist hospitals around the world continue to be places of physical and spiritual healing. And in this piece, it's discussed the significance of the consortium and the necessity of all that is happening. A reporter for the IMB was able to recently have a conversation with Dr. Tom Hicks, their new director of global health care strategies during the International Baptist Hospital Consortium in Southeast Asia. It's the first time that the IMB has facilitated this meeting. Make sure to check out that very interesting article. And finally, the ERLC um, is celebrating the Lord's faithfulness and Southern Baptist generosity through the Psalm 139 Project. The Psalm 139 Project began back in 2001, and its initiative is to place ultrasound machines in pregnancy support centers. They placed their first one in 2004. It took a few years to get that money raised. The machines are roughly $40,000 each. So initially, the project funded two or three ultrasound machines per year. But in December 2020, the ERLC announced an ambitious goal of placing 50 ultrasound machines in pregnancy resource centers nationwide by January of 2023, which would have been the 50th anniversary of the disastrous Roe versus Wade decision. Since then, since uh, December of 2020, over 85 machines have been placed in pregnancy resource centers and other organizations around the U.S. Twelve of those placements occurred in 2023. This fall, the ERLC gave a Psalm 139 Partner for Life Award to partners who have shown exceptional commitment to valuing life by supporting those on the front lines of this essential ministry work. Those awards were given to the Alabama Baptist State Board of Missions, the Louisiana Missionary Baptist State Convention, the North Carolina Baptist Convention, the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board, the Southern Baptist of Texas Convention, and the Southern Baptist Convention of Virginia. And so congratulations to all of them, and thank, thank you for, for your work, ERLC, uh, placing those ultrasound machines uh, there in pregnancy resource centers. Well, we have a special treat for you today. In just a moment, Laura's going to be back, and she's going to have a very special guest with her, so stick around. Okay, we have a familiar voice on this podcast today. Hi, Amy. Hello. How are you, Laura? I am really good. I know that the listeners are really happy to hear your voice. <laughs> it's been a while. It has it's been, been a while. while. Yeah. Brandon and I have had a lot of fun doing this podcast. Yeah, because it's great. It's a lot it of fun. It is really yeah. fun, but I am sure that they are really happy to hear you. And thank you for letting us take care of your baby for a little while. It's been fun. Well, I, my pleasure. And, um, you guys are, are great and you have the same heart to just keep people informed and, 
Um, so I, I think it's, I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome. So, uh, but yeah, I hope everybody's doing really well. And, uh, it's been, you know, my Friday, Fridays were normally when, uh, Jonathan and I would record. So my Fridays have been very different the last few months. A little more relaxed, I guess. Maybe, maybe so. I mean, it's kind of amazing to think that, that we did that every week for eight years. Yeah. And so, yeah, the last last few months Fridays are I don't wake up in the morning thinking what time are we supposed to record so yep but it's fun to get to be on this week I I just love the when you when you messaged me to ask I thought well this is kind of cool to come on as a guest yeah it is it's pretty fun and I'm I'm excited about it so we're going to talk about something really fun yeah I love this book so you wrote a book it's called Lottie Moon the girl who reached the world Yes. And we are now rolling into Lottie Moon season, big time, yep. Lottie Moon Christmas offering season. So this is a perfect time to talk about this book. And why why do we need a book about a person who died 100 years ago? Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, you know, this book is part of a series. It's called the Here I Am series that B&H Kids is doing. And the this book is the third in the series. So there was one on Dietrich Bonhoeffer. There's one on C.S. Lewis. There are some more uh, that are that are supposed to be coming, I think. And so it fits in this whole idea of how important it is for kids, um, elementary age, to really know about um, people that went before them, to know about um Christian believers in the face of difficulty or uh, through, you know, inspiration, um, you know, just did some really meaningful things um, and are honestly models, you know, for us Mm. to be able to say these things that they did are things that uh, that we can do, too. And so, you know, it was uh, it was their vision at B&H to have one on Lottie. And it was just my honor to be able to to do it. One thing I love about this is that, you know, I am not, I, I never saw myself as writing a, a children's yeah, book. Yeah, I was going to ask you that if yeah. you ever thought you would do that. Yeah, no, never, never had a, a, a aspiration to do that or even saw that as something I could do. Um, but the, part of the vision for this series was to use people who, um, I mean, you know, maybe have some, uh, you know, they may have some experience in the in that field, but primarily then that they know the subject really well. You know, the the one on Bonhoeffer was written by someone who uh, had a lot of extensive knowledge of him. Uh, Dan DeWitt did the one on C.S. Lewis, and he's got you know a, a huge huge body of knowledge on on C.S. Lewis, a lot of credibility in in uh, Lewis scholarship, and. Um, so I, I mean, I guess because of my love of uh, Baptist history, the that's that's how I got the chance to to tell Lottie's story, and so it's really special because you get people who, in some ways, know the know the the person, um, and are getting to tell kids the that story. So I I jumped at the chance, and then had sort of that moment of intimidation and fear of like, what in the world did I agree to do? <laughs> yeah, because uh, they come along and say, "Okay, now you know you've signed this contract. Now it's time to write." And um, it would be really great, you know, with the age group that we're going, the page numbers, how the illustrations work. Um, it'd be great if you could get her whole life story in less than seven hundred and fifty words. And I thought, <laughs> I. 
I've made a huge mistake. See, I um, tell people this all the time. Get me your story in less than 750 yeah, words. You that's do. what I tell people yeah, every day. Do. Yes. <laughs> so, I have no problem telling you that. That's right. That's right. So I had, um, I really had to learn how to do this. I had to learn how to, um, how to make, you know, the sentences as concise as possible, uh, but it, as, you know, but as clear as possible, how to save room for the illustrations to tell the story, you know, that if that there are certain things you don't have to describe because you can ask the illustrator, you know, to do that. And then, so then I had to, I had to really think about what are the, what were the events in Lottie's life that were the most important thing to tell? Like what for a fourth grader, right? What do I want them to know? Um, and this was a, this was another intimidating thing. So Lottie's story has been told in so many different ways through mm-hmm. the years. I mean, there have been a number of biographies written on her. Um, there have been plays that were written about her. There have been, um, you know, videos and slideshows and, and, full marketing campaigns done, you know, obviously because yeah, of the, yeah. the offering and other things done surrounding her. Um, and at times, I mean, there's been some uh, historical scholarship done about if you look back in, you know, previous decades, sort of depending on what the hot button topics were of the day, different writers would highlight different aspects of her life because right, they maybe, right. maybe they were trying to prove a point or whatever. And I felt a real stewardship of that. Like, I didn't want, I I wanted to say, what does it mean to really honor her story and tell all of her in a way that um, really shows her as an example for kids without necessarily trying to elevate any one thing to uh at the expense of others mm-hmm. so um and, and that uh, and really what i mean is at the expense of others because i did have things i highlighted but it was to say what do kids really need to know um so i i wanted to tell the story of how she became um a believer in christ I yeah i wanted you to talk about that because i think a lot of people may not know that she yeah. was not a believer as a young person she kind no. of rejected it yeah, she did and was exposed to it, but just really did not, you know, just said that I don't think that this is true, uh, essentially. And then this, you know, crazy thing that one night she's in bed um, trying to sleep and this dog is barking and cannot, she cannot get to sleep because the dog won't stop barking. And so as she's laying awake in her bed, she just starts thinking about God. Mm-hmm. And then she sort of makes the decision, okay, I will go visit, you know, the church. And so she did as she's thinking, and and it's when she did, she's hearing the preaching um, and she was converted. And so all of a sudden then, and she was incredibly talented, like was one of the first women in the South to have a master's degree. And, you know, that she's among that generation, um, spoke multiple languages, just this incredibly gifted woman, um, ready to, to be a teacher, uh, wanted to travel, you know, all this, uh, all of a sudden her life changes and she now like has this mission. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that's when she, you know, wanted to be a missionary, her sister, um, uh, was as well. And so she went, you know, go, went to China as we all know. So I wanted to talk about, you know, for kids to see how she, um, 
believed and then uh and then about what got her to china and her time in china and it's got sort of the normal stuff i mean you can't do you, you can't do a story about lottie moon for kids that doesn't include the cookies like that's just sort of right. a part of it right like she's a cookie lady um and would make the cookies and the children would come but what i wanted to really uh bring to light for kids um was you know you build the foundation with this story of what she's doing in china but two two things that really set her apart uh one was was what she did through the power of her letters mm-hmm. um and she knew like she knew the power of words um and used them i mean she wrote obviously one of the reasons we know so much about her is because she wrote so much yep. and um she wrote all these letters to leaders at the foreign mission board she she leveraged the relationships that she had to ask for things she was bold in that but then she wrote all these letters that would get published in in you know missionary journals and would get sent out to the churches and that's how she told them what was going on and that's i mean that's a really easy thing to start to say like she used her communication skills mm-hmm. basically um and, and it then, was kind of revolutionary for the time right right um, so I really wanted to highlight that part about about how she didn't just go over to China. She actually knew that the people back home could help, could mm. be a part of what she was doing if she told them the stories of what was happening. Um, and then the the second thing was to really talk about the offering because um, I think th- I, I think the idea about the offering is honestly it's it is phenomenal really yep. to to us we are so accustomed to it like it just comes up every year and stuff but you know she's looking back and she's seeing um the uh, methodist women were galvanizing they were coming together um other women's groups you know around were coming together and doing things she she knew that there were groups that were mobilizing stateside and she writes back to the women and says you th- she says you can do this I believe you can do this. If, if if you all work together, you you can support what's happening on the other side of the world and we need the help. And this one idea, we're sitting here like over a hundred years yeah, later, yeah. <laughs> millions and millions of dollars have been raised to support missionaries all over the world because of this one idea she had that she pressed in on and encouraged. Um, and I thought that was an incredible example for kids to say, it's really great to say, these are two really simple things that she did um, in her time, you know, in addition to the, in addition to all the things she was doing on the ground, she actually did these simple things of writing her story and then encouraging other people to step up and help. Mm. Um, and it, it, it and, seems and, achievable kind of, Right, when you right. Put it like that, and the ripple effects of it have just been tremendous. Like we will not be able to quantify no. the impact. Um, so that's what I wanted to 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 put out there. Um, and there's a line, you know, toward the end that talks about like no matter how old you are, where you live, or what you do, you can follow God's plan, just like Lottie. Um, and that was that was what I wanted kids to to see. Yeah. And I did I, I did want to write this in a way that boys and girls could read this. And I thought that because I have a and I have one of each and yeah. they're both right yeah. at the age that need this book. Right. And I thought 
I thought, you know, my eight-year-old boy would love this book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I wanted to do it for both. I had a couple of things that I uh, did. You know, I dedicated it to all the women um, who are, you know, sur- uh, you know, following the Great Commission. And I had uh, there was a spread at the end that that I had. You know, I'm not an illustrator and I don't know how to do it. But I want to talk about the illustrations I, yeah. in a second because they're but, beautiful. But yeah. they were, it was in, you know, something I had hoped for was a, a visual with all different types of women. And just to point out, I wanted to point out the impact that she has had on women. Mm-hmm. Um, so I tried to not elevate that too much so I could make, you know, it could be a book that is for every, every kid, um, but to not miss the fact that she... Uh, it was an incredible example for women and girls everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I love that. That's my favorite part uh, is the spread at the end that has uh, drawings of lots of different. Yes, it's beautiful. From that, that are clearly from like different times in history and mm-hmm. everything kind of shows a, a visual. Um, but it it was it was a nerve wracking experience more because of my own worries about it, my own anxiety, like how is this going to be? And then seeing the final product. Um, it it was it has been an incredible incredible feeling yeah so. how much how closely did you work with the illustrator cuz the illustr- i can't i can't think of her name yeah. right now um but it's um Marson, i can't remember the last name I'm off the top of my head i don't have it in front of me um actually she and i did not work directly together we did things through the editorial team mm-hmm. um but would uh with the the illustrations would come to me so i provided a lot of photographs um, descriptions of things. Uh, and, and it was interesting because I would, I was, you know, looking in, um, all kinds of archives. So you'd find photos of Lottie, but then also you're just trying to find photos of China during that time. Um, right. I was thinking that and they, they show like the little community where she lived and I thought right, this is just right. really neat. It's really uh, neat know, for kids to see this. Yeah. How can you get pictures of the church or the house? Yeah. Um, and then even just trying to get pictures from that time in history in China, uh, just to get, you know, attention to detail. Um, and then, uh, and, and then, then even the part, cause there's a page that talks about the women's movement back here in the U S. Um, yeah, their and, period, their period dresses right, are right. just really cool. Yeah. Right. So I did a lot of photo collection, um, descriptive things. The editors at BNH are just uh, the amazing, um, and uh, I, we would kind of brainstorm about different ideas, and then I would get them back in maybe kind of a basic drawing, so we could see the direction that it was going, um, and then weigh in, and then sh- you know they get the fully finished work, uh, and I would sign off on all of them. Um, but I mean, I can't, I can't draw anything. So yes, like, I you. was amazed. Yeah. I was amazed. At they're so, the, they're so the pretty. Yeah. 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 So what's next? What's next for you? You think you see any more children's books in your future? I, um, I don't see <laughs> children's books being the thing that I go into. Uh, uh, although if there was ever a reason to do another one, um, that would be really fun. I think, I, I think it, what I learned in this experience is that I just love to tell stories. I love mm-hmm. to read. I love to read stories. I love to hear stories. I love to tell stories. Um, and I love to see and get to know people better. And 
so I've done I've done some writing uh, in like you know book chapters, or I've done some research for projects uh, before that are telling um, stories or telling you know historical events, and that's a lot of fun. But to get to do this for children um, was more fun than anything else I've ever done. Um, so it was kind of just an, a great opportunity to get to write in a different way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that's been a real, a real joy. I had two, there, there were really two, um, reactions that I was kind of holding my breath and waiting for. And that was to hear from, you know, so, uh, friends that I have who have, uh, have kids in the age range and it's kind of older elementary. And I thought, okay, if I can get a good, good review from their kids, that's good. Um, and then my uh, kind of my my main professor at Southeastern, who I worked with on the SBC FAQs, but Keith Harper, mm-hmm. um, of all the Baptist historians in the SBC, he's the one that's the most knowledgeable about Lottie. Um, he published um, an edited volume of her letters and and things. So there's a lot of people with expertise on Lottie, but just in terms of Baptist historians. And when I got my uh, message from him that he thought it was great. I was like, okay, the historian is good with it. Good. The, ki- the kids are good with it. <laughs> this is, I, I, I'll take that and whatever else happens, I'm, I'm fine. So yeah, yeah. it's, it is really great and a really perfect Christmas present. If you have kids in your life. It's, it's a lot of fun. And, and like you say, it's, it's an inspirational story. You learn, I learned things about Lottie that, you would think that I would know almost all there is to know, but I learned things too. So it's really great. And uh, where can people buy it? Um, Lifeway, is, Lifeway.com. Um, the Here I Am series is really what you want to look for, but you can just search Lottie Moon. And I mean, I think it's at other places too, Amazon and things like yeah. that. But And I would recommend the whole series. So it's, it, it's a really cool. Wonderful. Really cool well, thank you so much, Amy. And thanks for lending your voice to the podcast once again. Thanks for having me. See you not next week. Nope, you won't. Sorry. All right. (laughs) See ya. Bye. Laura, that that is a great interview. It wasn't that fun. I love I love talking to Amy. I'm sure all of you were we're happy to hear from her. And definitely check out the book. It's really great. Beautiful illustrations and just very well done. What is something that, that you learned, um, either from the interview or reading the book? Um, I think I had never really thought about Lottie's contemporaries and her being kind of a part almost of what was going on in the States at the time mm-hmm. with regard to women's suffrage and just women sort of taking more initiative and leadership roles. And, and I don't think I had ever put all that together oh. in my mind and just how her how powerful the written word is yeah and how her letters the reason that we know her name is because she wrote so many letters you yeah. know and it's just it was just a good reminder of that and some things that i had just never thought about in that way yeah yeah very good well we sure sure are looking forward to the lottie moon christmas offering season it kicks off december 3rd so just around the corner and uh laura that's that's a, a great time for our churches it's a great time for the imb it's a great time for us here at baptist press yes we always look forward to those uh stories every day for that whole week of prayer we'll have new stories in baptist press new photos videos all of that uh for the week of prayer to to prioritize missions and specifically the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. And so stay tuned 
to Baptist Press for all of that just yeah. here just in a week or so. Yeah. Well, we sure are glad that, that you have listened to SBC this week. This week, thank you for listening this year. Thank you for sticking with us through this uh, time of uh, just the interim. So to hear Amy's voice again on the podcast reminds us of Jonathan and Amy, and we sure hope that you continue to pray for Jonathan and his role as the interim president, CEO of the executive committee. And we thank them for entrusting us with uh, hosting their podcast for this interim season. So uh, thank you for yeah. listening and, yeah. and being a part of it. It's been a real blessing and a lot of fun. And uh, we do appreciate you sticking with us here. Hope you're having a wonderful holiday season. And as always, you can find all of this and much more at baptistpress.com.